Backdoor Cut. Yes. For another week, you're tuned in to Backdoor Cut. My name is Josh DiMatteo, here with newly renewed NBA fan, Matt Beatty. LeBron James is back. I'm back, baby. (laughs) The playoffs are not too far away. I can start paying attention again. It's good. (laughs) It's all is good in the world. The king is back. And of course, with us is uh, Jason Tatum fearing Jake Eisenberg. Jason Tatum has tied the career high of Larry Bird, Celtics legend. Celtics are riding high. Thank God we didn't record that podcast after the first half of the Celtics game yesterday. Otherwise, I'd be singing a different tune. Um, Tatum brothers, I mean, what can you say? It was pretty pretty good. He is a star. Is he he a Celtics... If, is he a Celtics legend now? If he's tied a Celtics legend, I mean, he's gonna—he's got his name in the record books forever now. There's some hot takes flying on Twitter about is Tatum the most talented Celtic to ever wear oh. this jersey? I don't know. Could we'll you, find out. Could you imagine if Twitter was around for like the 08 championship season? Oh, would have been a good time, man. KG yeah, would have been a lot of fun. Would have been lit to have to have his pre-game, post-game, mid-game energy across the timeline <laughs> at all times. Oh, we missed we missed out just by a couple and Tatum's years. Tatum's only nineteen, guys. It's crazy. I know. Can you imagine what he's going to do <laughs> after he wins Rookie of the Year? Incredible. <laughs> well, anyway, anyway, fellas, all we right. got a, we got a jam-packed show. We're not gonna we're not gonna hang on Tatum forever. <laughs> um, no, he'll put up he'll put up seventy by, by next week's episode anyway. So, well, if he did, then maybe we will dedicate <laughs> a bit more time to him. <laughs> Mate, we'll be doing it. We'll be doing an emergency pod. That's right. <laughs> Break, For a breaking week. news. <laughs> I'll be passed out. You have to do it without me. <laughs> <laughs> Fellas, let's tuck in to the Phoenix Suns and their unbelievable run of late. They're storming down the door of the top seeds they they they're ready to go this is a playoff team they're golden i mean best best team in the league right now um, well, they smashed I'm, utah who used to be considered the best team in the league yeah i mean look now utah's got the donovan mitchell injury they're looking you know obviously more mortal without their best player we've seen how important he's been to the team but the suns man i mean they're doing it on both ends they have clinched a playoff berth for the first time in like a decade. Um, my Phoenix to make the playoffs bet cashed um, this week. Got my got the money oh, into wow. my account, which was awesome. <laughs> I was like, oh, didn't expect to be able to get that. So I'm two or three weeks out from the season ending. Man, they have just um, they've taken the expectations of maybe being a. I think the highest expectations for them was to be a three four set. Even the most optimistic people had them at like maybe getting home court in the playoffs. And now I've got Chris Paul probably in the MVP conversation, probably first team all NBA, got the best seed in the, in the West. And they just clinched um, the tiebreaker against the other best team in the league, the jazz. I mean, what do you, I can tell you, I can tell you going into this season, considering how they ended last season, my expectation was Chris Paul would push him over to the top and make the playoffs for them. 
I did not think they would be top of the rankings, smacking everyone left and right, like effortlessly. It's almost a system now. They go out, they do their thing, and then that's it. Night over, repeat tomorrow. It's it's pretty terrifying. And these young guys, are they're, they're getting in a pattern now. They're learning how to do this even without Chris Paul. They're just they're playing basketball correctly now rather than what we've seen from the Suns the past few years, which has been a bit of a shit show. <laughs> I, I, I think the coaching is a big thing. You know, Monty Williams seems to have really changed the, the whole culture there, and, and I think Chris Paul is so a big much. part of that as well. They're, they are, you know, they go back to the New Orleans days or whatever it was. Like, it, it's... Yeah, I, it's it's crazy how one player and a coach or whatever it is, and it's not just one player. Obviously, there's been a few other moves that they've made, but like, it's crazy how it can have such a, a significant impact. To this is a team that was, you know, they were the the bubble team this mm. time, well, not this time last year, but yeah. around this time last year, and then and then all of a sudden now, yeah, they're the best team in the league. Like that's it's that that's such a dramatic leap. I, I think you just look at their roster and they're just. Very well balanced, man, and and they're getting a lot from guys. Like, I mean, Cameron Payne is like kind of having a, a sneaky, like, really yeah. good year coming off the bench. Like, Mikael Bridges has been awesome for them. Like, it's it's uh, yeah, it's they're just a really well balanced team. Yeah, I, like they're one of the an example of a team where just everything has come together at the exact same time. Like the culture, and that's a mix of Monty Williams coming in, Chris Paul coming in. And obviously James Jones now being there, like this is his second or third year, I think. Um, I mean, they're a long way from that story about uh, the goats shooting all over um, Robert Sarver's office um, a couple of years ago. Like they were the butt yeah. of everybody's jokes, right? Like so recently, the dragon benders, the everything to now where they could have a coach of the year. Um, they could have um, general manager, I mean, uh, uh, executive of the year. They could have most improved Mikael Bridges. Like he's got to be in that conversation for most improved player. Um, it's just everything has has come together for this team. Um, what do you think about Chris Paul in the in the MVP conversation? Like this is the quintessential example of like the numbers don't jump off the page, right? Like sixteen, you know, what is it? Sixteen four and nine assists. Like good stats on great shooting, but he's not blowing the the box score out of the water every night but if you watch the games he's just he's like beethoven out there he's just orchestrating this thing he's an absolute wizard it's like he's 150 years old in a 25 year old's body out there he's just a, a master a, master of the game eerily eerily reminiscent to another former sun's point guard two-time Ooh. mvp Similar numbers, similar style of play, maybe even better defense. He could just be better all around. Um, you oh, really can't say enough about Chris absolutely Paul. better than Steve Nash. There's not yeah. even a there's not even a question. Well, see, he, okay, he did win two MVPs in a row. There, there's an argument, but do you, uh, I'm, do you I'm mean Chris career? Paul's side. Do you mean career or do you mean well, this right, right, right now, right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. Uh, but that, like, the, we can't speak to his impact enough. And then people like Dario Saric has come around and he's contributing. And people like Mikel Bridges, as you said, has taken a jump. And even Booker, like Booker's always been a killer, but mm-hmm. he, he's focusing his energy in such a way that he's never done. And you got to feel like Chris Paul's helped him to understand that, how to pick his spots. 
things like that. It's it's just awesome. You, as a basketball fan, you want to see these teams develop in a way like this. So just like the Knicks, the Knicks are developing well too, even though we're not talking about them right now. It's just great to see. I mean, Chris Paul is is getting DeAndre Ayton paid. Yeah. Like if, if, yeah, if like, Chris Paul doesn't turn up this year, what, what happens to DeAndre Ayton? Like, dude, it honestly is, is it a contract year for Ayton? I think I think so. Yeah. Well, for, for argument's sake, yeah. Yeah. For argument's sake, it will pretend that it is, even if it's not. Sure. If Chris Paul hadn't turned up, he could have got. And, you know, a three-year average deal from maybe a young team that thinks there's still potential in him or maybe a contender that thinks he could be a nice rotational piece to now he's, because of Chris Paul, has been transformed into what could be considered a foundational piece, will get paid bank, max contract, or maybe not max, but max at length contract. He's going to get paid. Like, it... it Chris Paul's been the difference to, for maybe like 60, 70, 80 million dollars to this guy. Mm. Yeah, dude. Crazy. <laughs> he got DeAndre fucking paid and he's getting yeah. the next one paid. The next DeAndre yeah. paid. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, that, that, this whole roster, dude, like who, who on this team do you not like? I mean, imagine if they wouldn't have fucked up the... I mean, who knows if Jalen Smith, the dude that they picked 10th um, overall, is actually going to be bad. Like, it's too early to say. But imagine if they would have gotten a, a Halliburton, like, two, mm. two picks later. Like, that's that's probably the only thing that they've done wrong this year. Um, and who's to say that he doesn't turn into a player? But, um, but yeah. All right, well, ba- Beatty mentioned Cameron Payne before. He was a bull for a good period of time, and he was rubbish with a capital R. And he is so good now. He's like, without question, one of the better backup point guards in the league. He's coming off. He's keeping the offense humming. He's, he's sometimes even accelerating it. He's, he's been unreal. Um, Bait Dog, do you think, I guess the big question, like this is great, great for the Suns. Um, the window is not a su- super long with this team, right? Because Chris Paul's 36. But man, I don't know. Maybe he's got another couple of years in him because he's still at this level. But I, I would argue the window's quite long. After this contract of his, if he's willing to sign a smaller deal, he's going to be like he's thirty six and he's orchestrating this team. How much worse could he get? I know, but it, it always comes. It always comes quick. Um, but yeah, like for this year, the Kings back. Does he have a shot to to upset your boys? To go to the finals? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, and I, I wouldn't even be, I wouldn't even be against it because I, I think it would be a, a awesome story for Chris Paul. I like Chris Paul. And I think that the, the prospect of him in hindsight of like being another Charles Barkley, oh, never won a ring, mm. blah, blah, that, that sucks. Yeah. So if he can, if he can actually <laughs> do that in whether it's this year or next year or whatever with this Phoenix team, then, then yes, I'm all, I'm all for it, definitely. Yeah, I, I think that they, Dude, like they, they if what's he... the matchup? I mean, like Aiton, Aiton can kind of hang with the big boys in the front court. Um, you've got the Crowder and Bridges, a few wings to throw at LeBron. Like you're never going to slow, like stop LeBron, but they've got bodies to throw at him. And then the Lakers kind of struggle a little bit with the with the crafty guards. Um, 
granted they've got the best defense in the league without AD this season somehow. It's kind of incredible still. Um, but um, I think they've got a shot. And I mean, I think you can make the argument Phoenix got the best backcourt in the league. I think, I, I mean, Booker is, is, is like he's, if anything, for me, that's the one that's kind of like that the backcourt is where it's like, yeah, the Lakers have got some guys that they can kind of try and throw at these dudes. But like Chris Paul and Devin Booker are all-star caliber players and Dennis Schroeder is, is not that or, you know, Casey Although he has gotten better this year. He's had, I mean, particularly in his stint with with um, LeBron and, and and AD being out, he's been very important for them. But I just, yeah, I, I just think that it's kind of a, a real. The Suns have just got this luxury of guys where one night it can be book, one night it can be see. Like the, I was watching the game against the Clippers the other night, CP at like twenty eight, mm-hmm. and that's like, I mean, he hasn't really been a. I think we mentioned earlier, he hasn't really been a dominant scorer this year. I think he's oh, average like sixteen. Or, yeah. yeah, but you always feel as if like any given game, if if they need it, he can just go, he can just turn it on. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what happened in that Clippers game. And he just had a little run in the third quarter where he just, everything was going through him and he was just making all the right decisions. And, and, and you know, he was just doing that little thing in the mid-range around the elbows and he was hitting threes. It. Yeah, he, he's just a very crafty player. And, and, and I don't know, I, I think he's probably one of the, best point guards ever right like i, I i'm He's very point high guard. yeah i mean he he's he's so clutch dude like i think he gets a little bit of a bad rap because he hasn't made the the finals or whatever but he he you trust him so much down the stretch and every time he makes that those little mid-range daggers you're just like yeah that's that's just that's just what he does right and so i and like the fact, the fact that he's come from, I guess you know those Clipper days where his reputation was was definitely not the level of approval where it's at now. Like now, everybody loves Chris Paul. I think for the most part, um, I, um, you know, to go to Houston and take them to the conference finals and like just so close to making the finals, and then the OKC Thunder were supposed to be the number one pick in the lottery, and then they take the Rockets to seven games in the first round. And now they're the one seed in the West. It's it's so it's so impressive, man. I mean, I think I've talked myself into putting him in my MVP <laughs> ballot. Like, <laughs> well, I can say I, this: if he, if he somehow, and this is like obviously super hypothetical, but if he somehow took the Suns to a championship this year, that ring would be spoken about for the next. 30 years like that time old man Chris Paul took the shitty sons all the way to a championship it it almost validate his life's work so far not winning yet and if he could win like that he he saved them from goats shooting in people's offices to to make the finals yeah Yeah, hanging a banner banner. yeah hanging a banner for that oh man he's He's awesome, dude. He's so much fun to watch. And Booker's been impressive to me in that, you know, he's a young star. We weren't we weren't really sure what what he was going to be like in the in a winning situation, and he's just been great. He's been awesome. He's been an all star. And I guess the only question left is like, and I, I don't think we have to really worry about it. Like that's what he does is make big shots, and um, and he's not scared of anybody. So like when the when the brights are light in the playoffs. That's, I guess, the last question. How's he, how's he going to go? 
um, this season, but I feel pretty confident that he's going to be great. I, I think their game in general just translates well to the playoffs as well. Like, I, I just think that they, it's not like the, the, contra- the contrast for me is the Jazz, right? Where I'm, I'm still quite skeptical, a bit worried about the Jazz in the playoffs. I think that they've really bought into this, just shooting a heap of threes and, and that, that, and I just don't know whether or not it's going to, it's going to translate to the play. Like the, you're going to need a dude like Chris Paul or Booker to be able to just get you a bucket in the mid range and just play that sort of slow it down half court back to the basket basketball. Well, fellas, this is probably a good time to segue to one of the Suns contenders that we just mentioned, the Lakers, who've had a huge change of fortunes in recent days. They've got back two, you could say, all-NBA caliber players in Anthony Davis and LeBron James. At Borderline. Um, Borderline. Anthony Davis, he took a, a week, maybe, to get back into stride. It was looking pretty ugly there for a bit, but... He's definitely back in stride now. He looks hot. And this is, do you know what pisses me off? Call it injuries, whatever you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. But everybody knew AD and LeBron was going to have a big rest before the playoffs, come back with 10 games to go, get back in rhythm, and then Bob's your uncle. They're fit and fresh and fresher than everyone else for the playoffs. And this is exactly what happened. And they could say like, oh, but they were both separately injured and their timelines just happened to line up like this, blah, 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 blah. But I can't help but feel like the Lakers just actually pissed on this regular season and was just like, let's let's roll them out just in time. Playoffs is what we care mate, about. Come on, settle down, mate. I mean, if you're going to be bad at anyone, get yeah, I'm, I'm seeing <laughs> some disapproving glares. Did you... Did you... <laughs> Did you did you not see the the high ankle sprain syndesmosis? No, did no, you no. not see it? Like, what <laughs> no, are you no, no. talking I, about? Both these injuries happened. I understand that, but I feel like they probably if this was another team with a regular old player, they would have been back out there maybe AD a month ago and LeBron a week or so ago. You know, they would have got, been out there as soon as they're ready. But I feel like Lakers took their sweet time. Kept it all very mystique. Oh, yeah, they're traveling along nicely. They were chilling, man. They're ready to go. Yeah, smart move, man. Like, look at... Yeah, I'm, not, I'm saying. They're like, I would do the same if I was the Lakers in this all-world position. And they if, got Drummond. If if um, if um Adam Silver and the league hadn't started the season so early, maybe I would feel a little bit differently. But, dude, like... Short and off season. LeBron's thirty six. AD's got like a, you know a bit of an Achilles scare. They don't really need to worry. And then the Lakers played well enough to keep them about out of the playing game. Um, look at the rest of the teams that made the Eastern Conference, like the Conference Finals. Like the Heat struggling, Celtics struggling, Nuggets um, started the season rough. The only reason they've um, been able to get to where they are is because Jokic is going to be the MVP. Like um, I do not feel like the Lakers um, deserve any slander for this this particular uh, decision. They deserve plenty of slander for um, a myriad of other things, mostly for just for existing um, in the same <laughs> that, I, for, that I live in. Um, but like, I don't, I don't feel bad. They they came back. I, I enjoyed watching them loss lose to the, the in Sacramento Kings um, 
last night. LeBron looked a little bit rusty, which makes sense. But this was like when they came back to the bubble, right? He looked a little bit rusty. The Lakers were a little bit rusty. And then everybody started concerned, trolling the Lakers going into the playoffs. And they just blew the doors off everybody. Yeah. Um, This little last stretch of the season is their bubble, so to speak. This is their warm-up period. Yeah. Um, And And I I, I don't want this to come off as slander. I'm not slandering them because... You know, they earn this. I'm just saying, I called it. I knew they were going to pull some shit to rest before the playoffs, and it kind of happened in a way, Masters injury. But, um, like, as you said, for them to still be in the position they are, this is a serious team because no LeBron, no Anthony Davis, and you're still trotting out the best defense in the league. Frank Vogel is going to get some serious Coach of the Year talk. He's done exceptionally well through all this. Yeah. Um, do you see what LeBron said today? That he might not ever be. Um, yeah, um, he might never be 100% healthy again. Like with this with ankle thing, I never know what to believe fully out of LeBron's mouth. Like I can kind of see him planting the seeds for. Uh, I'm, you know, he he battled through the ankle injury. He's never going to be 100% again. He got one more Finals appearance. That makes him the goat. You know, I, I I've seen this all before. Um, but does that, does that worry you at all, Beatty? Uh, it's more, it's just dramatic, isn't it? It's, yeah. That's the, that's, it's very LeBron. Like it's not, <laughs> like I could, I kind of, un, like, I kind of understand and like I, I, what he means, but I think the way that it, he, the, either the way that he said it or the way that it's come off, it's, it's not probably what he actually wanted to get out there. But like, obviously the dudes are like 36 or whatever. Yeah. And it's it's probably the worst injury of his career, which is, is um, yeah. which is like how has he had this career that he's had up until this point, and he's not really been injured. He had that injury, that groin injury, a couple of years ago, first year in the Lakers. Which but was, aside from that, yeah, so and which was that was a bit more like maybe which, that was a bit more like what Josh was kind of get at, like ah, uh, this season's a write off. We'll just we'll shut it down, kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas yeah. this year he's absolutely they're absolutely trying to win a ring, and it's. I mean, it's a horrific injury. It, it's an injury that takes a long time to heal as well. So it's just like, I, yeah, I mean, I, it's just dramatic. The, the comments are a little bit like, yeah, okay, mate, we get it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I watched well, the like, game. As, as... You go, oh, Josh. you go, Jake. Holy, okay. <laughs> um, watching the game yesterday, obviously he was rusty. He threw a couple passes into the stands and stuff, but um, he was doing some things out there that looked very much like LeBron, um, I would not be surprised at in the slightest to see him in playoff mode come come playoff time and not be surprised in the slightest if they make the finals. They still might be my finals pick now that they're both back on the court. Um, but their path to the finals could be tricky. Like... Depending on who they get in the first round, that's why I don't want to spend too much time trying to pick who they get because they're a game up out. They're a game out of six and seven, and they're a game or two out of. Oh no, that's it. They they could be six or seven, right? Um, so it's hard to pick the matchups. But there's a, there's a couple of scenarios here where their path to the finals is significantly uh, more difficult than what it was last year, where we had the Blazers with the worst defense in the league and the Rockets trying to play small ball against Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, and LeBron James. And then the Nuggets, who were a fun story, but they weren't a serious finals contender. And then the Heat got injured. So 
there's a scenario where the the run to a championship is is significantly more difficult this year. But well, they they'd probably need to go through the Suns at some point. Yeah, most likely. That's a good team. But no, like, as you say, Suns, I agree. Jazz, whoever, like even Denver. I think Denver's a it's a. I mean, Jokic is he can do anything. This dude, like I, it's it's going to be tough. It's not going to be a, a cakewalk. Yeah, even even if they do get the Nuggets, and they're kind of like the team that you want to line up with because there's no Jamal Murray, but Jokic is the MVP, dude, and he he elevates in the playoffs. Every year he's been in there, he takes it to another level. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I wouldn't be stoked to be playing Jokic in the first round. Like they, that's no. not fun first round matchup. Aaron Gordon bodying up with you. I I, I think that. The I think there's a similarity between Denver and the Lakers in that they're both they can both play that half court. I think that's that's kind of LeBron's game in a way. That's what suits him. I think even with this injury, like you don't really want to be flying up and down the court playing a fast pace. And LeBron hasn't played that for as long as I can. I mean, probably the maybe Miami at the the latest. Like it's 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 not how he's played basketball and not how his teams have played basketball. Um, so I, you know, that, I think the injury, I mean, I, I think he'll be okay. He'll, he'll, he'll be fine. Like it, it's, it's, it's not going to be something that it's, it, it's going to be impacted by his style of play because he, he'll just sort of, he's just going to slow it right down and, 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 and make sure that he's, he's not doing anything too, uh, too outrageous out there. He's not making any Derrick Rose, uh, dunks or anything like that, you know? That's right. Yeah. Look, he was, he's, he's still the strongest wing in the league, right? The the back you down and pick you apart from the post, that's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, neither is that turnaround MJ Kobe-esque uh, fadeaway that he's developed in the past few years as well. Like that stuff and the passing ability, that's all there. Um, it's just whether or not that... Because that, that, that level of explosiveness was pretty pretty high in the, in the past couple of... Um, playoff runs so he will need that if he's going to get win another championship and i still think it's there i am not going to doubt the cyborg yeah me either i'm i'm mate i will he he might lose in the conference finals and okay fair enough but yeah. like it's i i i think it's it's going to be because the other team was just better than than them it, they, they, he's going to show up like it, maybe maybe the teammates don't show up i don't know but yeah i mean lebron will be fine you still back AD and LeBron, right? Like, there's no not many other teams that have a top three and a top ten guy on the roster. Um, and AD's looked good, and AD's looked fine. So, um, I, I think the other thing that's interesting with the Lakers, and we've had we've had a one game sample size, but I, I it'll be interesting how their lineup sort of obviously integrating AD and now LeBron back in. I mean, yesterday they started AD, Drummond, and LeBron. It's a it's a very big front court. Um, and, and just, yeah, how that matches up against different teams and, and what that looks like is that, yeah, say, say, for example, you have a series against the Jazz and you've got Bogdanovich at the four for the Jazz and they're playing this high pace up and down and, and you're trotting out three guys who want to walk it up. It's sort of like that, that compare and contrast is an interesting sort of thing and, and whether or not Vogel has flexibility to sort of change that up depending on matchups. Yeah, well, and that's how the playoffs go. Like, they just you just don't get to run up and down the court. Like, the Raptors last year were one of the best transition offense teams, but 
transition offense doesn't exist in the playoffs because everybody's actually running to get back on defense once we get out of the ridiculousness of the, especially the late part of the regular season. Um, but yeah, all right. I reckon um, we'll wait and see, wait and see on, on, the, uh, on the king. I'm not too worried about the big dog. Well, fellas, moving on to a segment that we've come up with for the week. You know, we're entering the playoffs. We're not really too sure what's going to be happening with the seeding. So I figured it would be fun to give one last episode, give them a little bit of airtime. The worst teams in the league, we don't give them often the uh, the attention that they may deserve, that some of their fans think they deserve. I know Isaac Okoro has been playing awesome this year and we haven't exactly given him uh, the, the airtime. But... And that, that hurts me. <laughs> I know. It I want to. Uh, <laughs> this is this is my bread and butter. I know. And this this episode was was not just for the fans of the teams at the bottom, but it's for you. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> so I, I thought we'd do a little a little draft. We'd. I'd, I've got a little ran, a number randomizer here for us. I'm going to click go here. I'm going to draft the teams from the bottom. And Josh, you've taken the number one pick in your in the teams that suck draft. Or, 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 should awesome. look at it, or should we look at it from the teams with the brightest potential future? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. A little bit more positively. Baby, you've got the second pick, and then I've got the third, and we'll do a snake draft. So I'll get two picks back to back, and then we'll swing back the other way. Um, and then we'll, we'll talk about who's got the best chance of making the playoffs or getting out of the lottery in the next couple of years. Well, fellas, if we're if if I've got the first pick, I think you've given me the easiest job here. Yeah. Because it can only be one team. The team with seventeen first round picks in the next four years, it has to be and Shy Gilgis Alexander, <laughs> and Lou Dort, and Al Horford. Oh, you know who I'm talking about. So of course, the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm taking them with my first pick. They have the brightest future by far and away. They could win the league next year. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe you just snuck in Al Horford into the brightest future. Yeah. <laughs> that was my MVP the from just, two seconds. <laughs> the dude that they've just shut down um, because he's old. Basically, yeah, no, no, yeah. but like he, he's an asset. <laughs> there, there's a team out there that might be like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we could use Al Horford. He's a great player. So he's a great. This player, is what I mean. Sure. They've just they've just got a war chest of bits and bobs that they could very quickly flip into a team. You know, like right now, it's just let's try this young guy. Let's try this young guy. Oh yeah, he fits there. He's got a bit of ball skills. Let's undrafted rookie this guy on the bench today, but they could quickly be like, okay, here's our actual pieces. Let's flip these six guys for something. Let's flip a couple of picks for something else. And then bam, you got a team. And you know, if, if we're drafting on potential here, it's got to be the way to go. Yeah. No, I think, I think this is the obvious choice. I think the way I look at it is which team has the best player or the chance of, having the best player, the best, the superstar of, of the bunch. And mm. Alexander is by far and away the number one choice, in my opinion. I mean, Cat, I guess you could, you could make an argument there, but um, as you, the faith in the Tim Pool's organization, we'll, we'll, we'll guess we'll see who Beatty picks number yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, to focus on the Thunder, um, they're, 
they they played the Celtics the other day, so I locked into a Thunder game. I'll be honest, I haven't watched a lot of Thunder in the last um, <laughs> few weeks because um, they lost by an average of like 20 points across April, and the Celtics just gifted them their only win of the month. It was just disgusting performance. But anyway, we're not talking about that right now. Um, I'm surprised you, didn't, you mentioned um, Ale- Alexei Pokachevsky. Uh, Poku. Yeah, yeah. Who's, he's actually Poku. not half bad. I mean, they got a couple of guys on there that are actually not half bad. I, I he he alternates between being very much half bad and very much yeah. not half bad. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, some some of the stuff that he does is either like, did that seven foot one dude just take a step back three off the dribble, <laughs> and then and then did that seven one seven foot one dude on a three on one throw behind the back pass into the into the bench? Yes, he did. <laughs> in, the, in the span of thirty seconds, like he he's just an absolute roller coaster to watch um but uh they have uh the average age on this roster is under 21 years old the yeah, that's uh, mental gonzaga the college that was in the in the, <laughs> the, the, the NCAA tournament had an older roster than the thunder it's that's absurd. insane yeah, yeah. insane um, and these, that's with al horford the on the roster yeah for dragging them up old man horford who's yeah. like 60 yeah Otherwise, it'd be like 19. Um, Beatty, what do you reckon? Obvious choice here? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know what you boys are thinking, but I, I, I would take the Timberwolves. I, 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 you kind of touched on it a little bit, and I, 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 I think the same way in terms of player. And for me, it, I, I, as, as hard as it is, like I still am clutching onto hope with Cat. I think that. Somehow they have between Cat and D'Lo, they have to whether or not it's them. Maybe they capitalize on those two assets and and try and flip. But like I, I do think that Cat is a, a desirable player in the league, right? And he's going to he's going to score. And you know, it was only two years ago we we're talking about him as as one of the best under twenty fives in in the league, right? And it's mm. he's kind of fallen off a little bit, and I don't even necessarily think it's his fault. I think COVID's absolutely uh, just wrecked him and his family yeah. and and different things there, and that it's very hard to sort of you can't really quantify the impact that's had on on his basketball. And obviously, the organization is is a, a questionable organization. They've made some bad decisions over the years and they haven't had much success in their entire existence. So it's easy to sort of poke holes at the wolves and, 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 um, and not sort of have much optimism for them being able to turn the ship around. But I, I just, I think that between those two guys and then obviously Anthony Edwards has had a good year. Like he, I, I think Lamelo ball is still probably, if you're going to do that draft again, he's, he's the, the guy that is getting taken first overall, but he, I think he, he still can absolutely become a, a really good NBA player. He's shown enough glimpses this year. Um, so I, it's, it's, it's a tricky one. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Wolves. I don't feel strong about it, I, 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 but yeah, that's, that's where I mean, I'm at. You had no choice because you had the second pick, but I do. So you would take the Wolves over the Thunder. That's interesting. I think, I guess for me, I, I, it's, it's the trust in the, in the, in the front office as well. Um, to oh, are you are you saying if I was having the first pick, I thought we were doing the second, but of course I'm taking the Thunder if it was the first oh, pick. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. You'd still take. That. Yeah. I was clarifying. I was wondering. So yeah. you would still take the Thunder if it was the first pick. Okay, because um, like I think there's a, a good case to be made for the Timberwolves. Like Cat is an All NBA level talent. Um, the, the, the Wolves. I haven't seen a Cat have this much fun playing basketball in, in what feels like a few years in the past month. Yeah. Right. So 
they are six and four in their last ten. Um, like they're actually been playing pretty. Couple of scalps, man. They beat the Jazz the other day. Like yeah, they're, they're, it's, it's yeah, it's yeah. yeah. So like I, it, that's what keeps me clinging on to hope that you know obviously there's enough. There's a bit of talent on that team, and it, uh, even the coaching situation has been weird. Like what Chris Finch is the co- he, uh, who who was it? Ryan Saunders started the year as a coach, and he's been like fired. And so there's obviously a, a fair bit of instability in that front office, and and if they can kind of just lock that down, and hopefully get a, an environment where all those players sort of lock in, then, uh, you know, I, I think that there's there's some glimmers of hope there. Oh, I think there's definitely glimmers of hope. And the the D'Angelo Russell thing, maybe, I mean, he's, he's insanely overpaid as a sixth man, but um, that's probably his best role, right? Just come in and get buckets and you don't need him to be your lead guy. And it's quite obvious that Edwards is going to be the better player than Russell um, and obviously Towns as well. But um, having Russell off your bench as your your kind of six-man scoring Jordan Clarkson guy um, is nice. And I don't think you're really going to get much value back by trading him anyway. Um, the problem is... He's on it at the time, max deal though. Yeah, Can't have a max max player yeah, the contract's a bad deal. I know, but like at some point, like you just... Yes, the contract's the contract, but you've got to still try and find the best role for him. I think I've seen that with Kemba this year. It's like, yeah, he getting, he's getting paid too much to be a third, fourth guy, but if he can play that role really well, yes, he's getting paid too much, but at least he's still making the team better. Um, and, I do agree. Yeah, and so the, the, the ironic thing is now that they're playing better, they're jeopardizing their chance of um, keeping their draft pick this year, which is really, um, is really bad if they if they lose that because there's what are, what are the trade implications there it's top three protected and that's it right so i was having a look um it's like who, a big, who's that go to warriors for the wiggins russell trade ah uh, the, the wiggins deal yeah okay and so man the warriors would be licking their lips keep on winning timberwolves so i just simp so on man, t- they- they might need to shut some. They might yeah. need to shut some guys down or something. Yeah, <laughs> they really do need to shut some guys down. You actually know what's crazy, like how bad the Timberwolves were earlier in the season. Like, um, the Thunder lost every single game in April except for the one against the Celtics, and they're still a game up on the Timberwolves. Like they were so bad, and um, they're still down there, which is a good thing in this scenario. Um, but the Rockets have just t- tanked masterfully. They're they're well clear at the best odds. But you know, I just simmed the lottery on tankathon.com and they just got seventh picks gone. They got second pick here. Okay, so it's coming. It's like it's like I mean, they, they just dropped again. Like this is, is it's like a 50-50 shot of them keeping this pick, and that's just not good. And there's like and there's 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 some players in this draft that could really change the trajectory of this franchise. Like if you get the number one pick with Cade coming Cunningham or Evan Mobley or one of these guys, that that's, that's a serious, that, that's, that's going to make a big impact in their future. But no, not to mention Timberwolves have, if, if they have like enough talent to put out a big team, they've got guys like Ricky Rubio and Josh Koji and Malik Beasley. And there's depth to this Jaden McDaniels. Like it's not nothing. It's nothing if the actual star players aren't contributing, but if if you got a bunch of Cat and Anthony Edwards and D'Lo all actually putting in a shift, then there's a team there. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. And so 
it seems like they've got direction now. I think it's a good second pick um, from Beatty. Uh, I'm up now. Unless there any other yep. final closing thoughts on the Wolves? <laughs> nah, said it all. All right. Um, <laughs> they no, need. Joe, they need. A, they need another number one pick. That's what they need. Yeah. They need K cutting. Yeah. Yeah. And like it, it's a four, so it's a forty eight percent chance that right now that they make it into the top four. And they need to be in the top three. So that's fuck. It's below 50. It's terrifying if I was a Timberwolves fan. Um, so with the third pick in the um, great future team draft, um, I'm taking the Orlando Magic. I don't know if this is a controversial take. I consider taking the Sacramento Kings here um, just Ooh. because they've got Darren Fox and Halliburton. But, you know... The Kings are just a mess, so I'd like I'd like <laughs> to pick someone else. And I think Jonathan Isaac has a chance to be the best player remaining on the board here. He obviously tore his ACL this year. I mean, they got screwed by injuries this year, which might end up you know working out from a draft capital perspective. But Isaac went down, Fultz went down, even their first round pick this year, Cole Anthony has missed a bunch of time. Um, but I like a lot of these dudes. Um, Going forward, Jonathan Isaac, I think, is an All-NBA defender for his whole career and potentially All-NBA if he can um, take it, expand his offensive game. Fultz, you know, he can be a nice little player. Um, it just seems like they've got a direction finally now. They've been riding this in-between 8-seed lottery um, for the past five years and they finally cleaned house and got rid of Vooch, Gordon and Fournier. Um and it, part of it, Josh, I hate to say, um, is that they're going to probably get another top 10 pick plus their own pick this year, um, which which is plus the Bulls pick the following year. So they've got draft mm. ball, they've got talent. Uh, it feels like they've got a good direction. I like their coach. We like RJ Hampton, shout yeah. the breakers. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like at the same time, I'm not, you know, super stoked. <laughs> I mean, Chuma Okiki. Has been fun. <laughs> I feel like that's a Josh guy, surely. I think I think I've seen him play a few times and enjoyed him from what I've seen. But well, you know, do you know what I? What's interesting? Do you remember Jake a couple of years ago when Bulls had the seventh pick and took Wendell Carter? I was frothing Mo Bamba. I wanted Mo Bamba. I wasn't interested in Wendell Carter. Oh, I now both of now both of them end up at the Magic and they're split in time at center. So- and Mo Bamba has been kind of like what happened with Time Lord. They cleared the space for him yeah. to give him a bit of a role and he flourished. Mo Bamba's starting to get a bit of run. He's pulling down heaps of boards. He's shooting the three okay. He's getting blocks. He's scoring. I mean, this is this was the dream. This is what we wanted. And <laughs> Wendell Carter's skilled enough that you may even be able to play both of them together. Yeah. I think I think yeah, that's definitely a, a compliment to Wendell Carter, who I, who I didn't even mention, who I'm a massive fan of. Yeah, you know, mm. I just think they've they've got a, you know three to four to five like young players that you're actually confident in, and then good draft capital going forward. Yeah, good heaps weather. of cap space. Yeah, great weather, no taxes. Mm. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Why not the magic? Why not the magic, Beatty? I know you're a big magic guy, obviously. So, <laughs> I I was trying to formulate a case for them for my second for my second overall pick, but I 
it, it I just ultimately I I liked Cat more than the the draft picks coming in for me. That was probably the the biggest way up. Like there's some guys on the roster that I like, but it's it's definitely a rebuild project. It's definitely going to take some time. Uh, you know, they were a team that was sort of flirting with the playoffs the last few years, seven, eight seed. And obviously they've decided to go in a different direction. I think it was probably a good decision. Like otherwise they would have just kept doing that. So it's at least they're trying something different and, and yeah, they're going to, they're going to try and, and do this rebuild. So like, yeah, let's, let's see what fulls looks like next year. Let's see what some of these injured guys look like next year. And, and, and uh, yeah, that, it's definitely um, there's something there's stuff to be excited about, but it, it's going to take some time in Orlando. I agree. All right, so I have the next pick because it's a snake draft, mm-hmm. and I'm at the end of the snake. So, I mean, we could have easily made this case for them to go over the Magic, but the Sacramento Kings. Um, I thought you said they were trash just a minute ago. Oh. <laughs> I don't get it, dude. No, no, no rockets, love. No, no. shut up, Josh. No. <laughs> how, can you, how can you trust them after this James Harden debacle? Well, they just—they got first-round picks. They've got a few young guys. Like it's not. Yeah, they're going to get the third. I'd pick them over Sacramento. That's for sure. Interesting. Okay. Well, the reason I like Sacramento here—they've got Fox. He's all you know already like. Yeah. Borderline all-star and um, Halliburton, who'd probably goes what minimum top five if there was a redraft today for sure yeah like he he's been so good especially with De'Aaron Fox out he's had to just be he basically had to be the lead everything on this team Mm. and he's played really well in that role um he's just such a smart player like he's just everywhere every time you look at the court he's he's making an impact on both ends I really like watching him play I just don't get why they suck so much. I think Luke Walton definitely needs to be fired. That's like step one. Like, um, you know, like Halliburton, Fox, um, Harrison Barnes, Rashawn Holmes. Like, there's, there, there's Buddy Hill. Buddy Hill. There's, there's enough. There's five to seven players on this team that don't suck. They shouldn't be like losing twelve games in a row. I don't know. No. <laughs> I think you just summed up the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> Why do you suck? Does it? Yeah, like it never makes sense. God You've man. sucked so long. Oh, it's infuriating because they had that one season, right, where they like overperformed and almost made the playoffs, and then they just gone straight back to underperforming again. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, I guess that's them in a nutshell. No, 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 I love how you listed all these players, and Marvin Bagley couldn't even oh, couldn't fine. even make the list. I've, <laughs> I've deserted. I've, I'm, I'm swimming. I've left. I've deserted Mount Bagley Island. I'm, I'm cast away. I'm in the ocean. I've tied the logs together and I'm afloat now. Mate, so finally. And the search party. Look, I mean, I, I think he may have jumped off too early. He had, a, you know, himself 11 points. He's been injured, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't, you know, don't, don't go too far. Definitely start making plans. Listener, <laughs> listener, you can't see me shaking my head right now. No, 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 no. You are, yeah. I, I think the general consensus is though that the coaching situation needs to change. First and foremost, I think if, yeah. if there's one move that they're going to address in the off season, it's probably that, and then we'll get a look at at whatever a new coach does next year. But I think that's probably the the first thing because yes, I, I think everyone can kind of agree that there's talent on the roster, and it's just how do we how do we get these guys to perform. <laughs> It's not even just like X's and O's or 
training regimen or whatever it is. These players just, and opposing teams players, they just don't seem to like Luke Walton. Like he's just not got many friends, it seems. It doesn't seem so. So get rid of him. I mean, man, what a, what a like, good fortune set of, you know, for Luke Walton to just, like, happen to be able to coach the Warriors in the midst of the KD era. <laughs> it's like, and, and he coasted off that 32-4 and four or whatever record he had in those games. It's like, <laughs> how many of us could have coached the Warriors to the number one seed <laughs> that season? Like, come on. I'm, like... And then he got the Lakers job and then this job and he's just collecting checks up and up here and then he's yeah. gonna go back like beach volleyball down in San Diego and life's good, man. I mean, hey, not a great coach, <laughs> but fraud coach. Things could be worse. Okay. So is that Beatty up next? Yeah, Beatty's up next. He's got um so Cle- who's still on the board? Cleveland, Detroit, and Houston left. <laughs> I I can work with this. <laughs> well, I, I, I know. See, Josh has already played his card. He's already revealed his. So who, let's we, let's go to the trade table, baby. Who do you want to hear? <laughs> what are you going to give me if I if I trade you the rights to Houston? No, no, keep him, keep him. I'll work with Cleveland will, or something. Say, will you accept Detroit and Cleveland for Houston? <laughs> nah. <laughs> so um, I'm, I I think I'm going to take the Cavs. Yes. Whoa. Yeah. I okay. the the for me it was either the Cavs or or the the massive uh, picks chest that was Houston. Mm-hmm. But I I I don't know. I, the fact that the Cavs at least have a couple players already on the roster that kind of there's enough to be keen to let's let's go next year. I want to watch Sexland. Mm-hmm. I want to watch Jared yeah. Allen. You know what I mean? Like there's there's enough there already where. Obviously, it's 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 not going to be good enough to make the playoffs anytime soon. But I, I think that hey, in the East, you never know. Well, yeah, that's true. Exactly with the playing now, you never know. But the East is not as bad anymore. But yeah, but seriously. this this team cops it too much. Like next year, with more picks, hopefully a bit of roster retooling to make them an actual team. There's players on this Cleveland team that could make the playoffs. I, I'm 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 not as low on them as many are. Even guys like Chetty. Chetty's all right. He can he can be good if he's got enough quality around him. Yeah. I, I think for me the the I guess the tricky situation is Kevin Love and how do you kind of manage that situation and yeah. how much longer do you kind of want that to to play out or do you do we start coming to the table and talk about buyouts or stretching him out or whatever you want to do? I don't know, but I I do think that. He's obviously the one kind of glaringly obvious thing that sticks out on the roster is where you don't fit the timeline of everyone else. You're taking up all this salary cap and you're not really giving us much. So how they can kind of, I guess, yeah, manage that situation in the next sort of 18 months, that'll be an interesting one to play out. But I think the the Jared Allen thing in particular, they really won that. that I think they come out of that situation, that that whole trade, awesome to, to get a player of his caliber. Um I mean, I, I didn't even like how that. It, it seems like it just it, he just fell in their lap, basically. Yeah, so he um, did that. That that in a way that's kind of accelerated them for me a little bit because otherwise you're just building through the draft, blah 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 blah. But to to pick up a, a guy like that, he's he can be a, a franchise center. So um, mm. they, they should pay him in this. He's a free agent or restricted free agent coming up. Yeah, so he'll he'll get his bag. 
and then yeah, Garland and, and Sexton are kind of exciting, and and then they've got a, a bunch of second round picks coming in. I've I've got the tab up looking at the different picks for the different uh, Houston. I've had to I've had to zoom out to fit it all on the same screen. I can't I can't read it all, but um yeah, for me it's probably it's that mix of of Garland, Sexton, and and Allen, and then. The fact that, yeah, they're in the East, uh, maybe the rebuild might not take as long. You're not competing with some of the top-end teams. But then at the same time, the shift is kind of happening anyway. And they've got that top-end teams in the East, in, in Brooklyn and Philly and that now. So I, I just think that the I, I do like those guys in particular compared to what's happening in Houston where, you know, the, the franchise guy right now is, is John Wall, who, again, is not really fitting that rebuild timeline, is he? No. No. Um, I guess, yeah, the biggest question for them is what what can you do with Kevin Love? Did you see that video of him the other day where he just, like, taps the ball inbounds and then they – it was – Yeah. That's pretty – He just he just doesn't – he doesn't look like he almost wants to play basketball anymore and it, it's – yeah. Look, if you want to get out of Cleveland, that's not going to help. That's – Yeah, got- uh, yeah, exactly. You've got to play yeah. and, and, yeah – like, I mean, this dude could be on. This dude could be on the Brooklyn Nets right now. Yeah, he could be Blake Griffin if he if he right. wanted to be. Yeah, the dream. Um, but man, I just had to hold up his contract. Like they've got two more years after this year of thirty million a yeah. year. Like, it's horrific. Right, but like, do you? Th- I guess this is a bit of a side topic. But like these players that sign these maxes at this time and then get to this point, like Blake and. Kevin and Love and everybody's talking shit about them. Do you think that and they don't win like they're on a bad team? Is there gonna be a point where they like they realize they should take less money to like not go to these types of situations? It just seems so obvious to me. I I don't think it's I don't think it's on the player. I think if if the player is getting offered these contracts, they're going to take the money. It's, I think it's, I think teams just need to be smarter. Like uh, I've pulled up the payroll now, and I, it's well, Kevin Love signed his four-year extension in 2018, yeah. and I feel like even in 2018, you could probably already start to see the sign. Like LeBron had left by that point, right? Or yeah. that was in that was in that free agency where he he went to yeah. LA. Yeah. That was the like, oh, well, we're, we're going to keep Kevin Love. Take that. Oh, no, like, see so that that so that I I 100% blame the Cavs for that. That was that was bad on their part. Who was offering Kevin Love a max? Like, yeah, yeah. Pay him like four for a hundred. Like who's giving him thirty yeah. million a year? Yeah. All right, Joshy, bring us home. This is what you were made for. The last two teams in the <laughs> in the future of the NBA draft, um, Detroit and Houston. Which 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 would you prefer? Well, I've kind of already uh, foreshadowed this, but I'm I'm going to go with the Houston Rockets with my sixth overall pick in the shitty team NBA draft. Um, <laughs> dude, they, they got, for one, I know you guys were talking about John Wall then, but they do have John Wall. They've got... It's a fact, yep. Their, their, uh, what's their center's name? It escapes me in this moment. Oh, but Christian Wood? Yeah, Christian Wood. He's, um, he's a awesome. young player. Christian they got Jay Sean Tate. They've got a whole bunch of NBA rotation players littered across their roster that they can no doubt flip to other teams. They got picks. I don't know, it's not all doom and gloom in Houston. They can come out of this alive. They can come out of this pretty good. It obviously depends wholly on um, if they can make their picks worthwhile, which is no guarantee. 
But like even guys like they picked up Kevin Porter Jr. from the waiver list after Cleveland cut him, and he got fifty points and ten assists yesterday. So there's there's players on this roster that can play. He gives me the biggest Brandon Jennings vibes I've ever seen. <laughs> That's a good one. He just gunning. Didn't Brandon Jennings have a 50-point game at one point? I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah, and he, um, and he, he scored yeah, like he 55 did. in his third game in the league yeah, or something. Something crazy, yeah. And this basis is basically the same thing. Um, but I love Brandon Jennings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And look, you got to like, give it to, to Porter Jr., man. Like he, he gets buckets. He did it. Yeah, yeah, he gets buckets. And that was against a good team. Like the Bucks didn't have Giannis, but like that's still the Bucks, right? Like that's a mm. that's a serious serious squad. Um, and Drew Holiday was defending him for um, big stretches in that in that game. So and actually, not not yeah. to mention, I didn't even say this then, but their cap flexibility is now great. Yeah. If Houston want to jump at the next star that's off contract, they can. Well, like, is, it, is, it, is it that good considering they've got John Wall? Well, he's the only big bit of salary on their team, and yeah, like, I don't think his deal actually goes too much longer. Fair enough. Yeah, but it's got, yeah, I think it's one year after this, which is hmm. not too bad. I guess if it's manageable. Yeah, you could probably even flip that. Yeah, probably. Um, oh, can you? I don't know about that. Um, anyway, anyway, six right. overall pick, yeah. absolutely the Houston Rockets, which which means I can only select with my seventh overall pick the Detroit Pistons. And probably deservedly so. It's not a hell of a lot going on over there in Detroit. I mean, like, credit to them. They're clearing the roster a little bit. It's not just Blake Griffin and nothingness. Like, it's now either you're a young player or you're someone that we're having a look at or you're not on the team. And everyone else is going to get either signed in free agency or drafted. And, you know, that's not the worst way to go about it, at least – They'll build a foundation that way. They haven't committed money to anything too gargantuan. It could be worse. Oh, yeah. Although definitely least hopeful of these teams. There's actually a lot of hope in the bottom teams in the NBA. All of these teams could turn it around. Look, the, the good news is... I love is... it. could be worse. Uh, it's the worst situation in the league. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like... Even the worst situation in the league isn't as bad as it could be. They were literally picked to last in the future team's draft. So it couldn't couldn't be worse. But no. I see what you're saying. <laughs> you can talk yourself into some hope here. Like, um, I mean, Jeremy Grant is a good yeah, player. Yeah. They got um, Sadiq Bay. They got Josh Jackson pick. doesn't seem completely useless. They've got a, a few... Killian Hayes is finally back from injury. Look, they've got and they've, some, yeah. They've got their own... Diallo. Yeah. The best thing they've got going for them now is like a like a 15% chance of the number one overall pick. And that's, yeah, exactly. And, then, and that's exactly. something to scoff at because like yeah. all, it takes, all it takes to change a franchise is is one player, one right? One superstar, yeah. yeah. So we could be having a very different conversation in uh, a few months. But, you know, Sadiq Bay, good draft pick. That's probably the best thing about this year for them. Killian Hayes has looked okay, but he's been injured for a large chunk. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he's playing like he's he's the lead guard for a team with nice. no one on it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he can only do so much. Yeah. yeah. Look, and yeah, Seku Dubois. That, that. hey. hey, people like people like him. He's six foot. I eight. liked Seku. He can he could be something. 
Hey, anytime you're six foot eight and you're super athletic and strong, and can you, shoot, and can shoot a little bit, you gotta yeah. at least put a little sprinkle, a little bit of fairy dust around there. Hundred percent, hundred percent. That's that's a that's a valuable piece to someone, if not the Detroit Pistons. Mm. All right, Brady. I mean, I know you've been watching a lot of um, Detroit Pistons basketball this year, so take us home. Um, if you're a Pistons fan, what are you what are you gonna hang your hat on for the for, for the next couple of years? <laughs> Sorry, was that me? Are you, are you talking to me? I think my internet's starting to stuff up now. Yeah. I thought oh you were just Lord. joking. You were like, you're just like, there is nothing, so I'm going to say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that would have worked even better. <laughs> I think that's a good enough place to wrap it up here, fellas. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's all I really had to talk about. It's been a pleasure catching up with you, fellas, through a couple of technical difficulties, but we made it in the end. Yeah, wow. Um, until next week, you've been tuned into Backdoor Cut. My name is Josh DiMatteo here with Jake Eisenberg and Matt Beatty. Peace. Peace.